Hello there, welcome back to The Listening Party with Adam and Mike. We remain humbly men of no consequence for now and for give or take two years. Then we'll sk yeah. skyrocket up in expectations. I was gonna hope, within the next two years, are you, are you, do you think we're going to gain consequence? <laughs> it remains to be seen what kind of consequence, but I'm what hoping some kind. <laughs> I mean, comeuppance, maybe, but consequence. <laughs> yeah, so, and, uh, welcome back to the party. This time we are joined once more by... Who is this I see through the mist and the fog machines and lasers across yonder? Why, it's Grey Westgate. Our friend is back again. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you are welcome. Uh, uh, mailbag, he was groaning with people asking, <laughs> Where is Grey? What of Grey? Release Grey, we say. Yes, they're full of people saying, Lulu was an awful loss, wasn't it? Who can be guaranteed to really change the pace? Surely it's Cat Stevens, his biggest champion, Grey Westgate. We got the Snyder cut, now what else do we want? It's Grey! <laughs> Give the people Four hours want. of me without any stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Grey, as, as you are, as you are, welcome back, of course, but as you are the guest, what? What in the heavenly fuck do you want to talk about? Well, I, I've I've brought something rather different, and um, I, I'm hoping it's and yet not... what I would say crushingly familiar. <laughs> Please, indeed, indeed. Um, but I didn't want to upset Adam too much. But you know, this is something. <laughs> Don't frighten the horses. <laughs> not only was it released post millennium. But the artist was born after the year 2000 as well. Absurd. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> absurd. Um, so I, I've brought uh, 2020's Fake It Flowers by uh, Biba Doobie, um, who is a charming young lady who we shall be discussing this evening. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I, I figured... There was a few reasons for this. I, I thought we needed something a little bit more recent within the last 30 years, possibly. Um, I've thought for debate, mostly from Adam, but yes. Yeah. Um, and I also thought, to be honest, the listening party was rather turning a little bit into the sausage party. Look, and, uh, we cannot be held responsible for the institutional sexism of the recording industry 30 years ago. <laughs> It is not our fault. <laughs> However, times they are a changing, Adam. Yes, they are changing, on, we, and that's absolutely we, we, tremendous. But we—I mean, we've had Uti, um, admittedly, mostly talked around the gentleman who wrote the songs. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> we had Uti Lemper viewed through the prism of fabulous men. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous men. You had uh, the waitresses. We mentioned them for a spell. Yes. <laughs> They were there too. Just a spell. <laughs> but yeah, so I just thought it, it might might be nice to bring a little feminine touch. I mean, I do see your point in the world we live in with, say, your Whitney Houston, your Tina Turner's, your, you know, your, your, your Lady Gaga's. We've done a, an album by the World Wrestling Federation Superstars. Um, 
point maybe taken there. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I just thought I'd, you know, um, you know, you guys have throughout the years put up with the sounds from my my bedroom of many a young woman with a guitar um, and sort of <laughs> looked at, looked with scorn towards my room. Old finger. Oh, um, not again, Grace. Hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with Shirley. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd bring something completely different and uh, see what you think. And it, it's an album, um, I bought it um, during lockdown last year and mm. it was actually, I, I, funnily enough, I was saying this, this is probably the first album that I've bought that wasn't like a new release album that wasn't Springsteen or- An I mean, established artist. Or yeah, or an established artist in a very, very long time. Um, and do you, I, do yeah. you me genuinely love it? I am very fond of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that that checks out. <laughs> I would say it's an album that I, you know, I remember I, I got um, I bought the LP version and. It came with a, a cassette tape, which oh. I know Michael is quite fond of. So Michael I sent him doesn't even have a cassette deck. Michael is just accumulating plastic. That's he, he cannot play it. He just um, runs his fingertips along the tape and imagines the sounds within. Is it like Braille for you, Mike? Yes, it is. Ah. It's all the same song. It's all just White Snake. Here I go again. <laughs> I don't know where I go. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I, I really loved it at the time um, and I listened to it a lot. I, Interestingly, it's one, I actually found this quite difficult to sort of sit down and really pick apart for the podcast. Likewise. Um, but I, I do, I am very fond of this album and I think for a new artist and also indeed for someone so young and for someone who's only actually been playing guitar for three years. That was ridiculous. I think it is a very impressive piece of work. And I think, you know, as you've mentioned, there is something very familiar about this. And there is. That's kind of why I, I'm really so fond of it. So great. Yeah. I can tell you precisely why you're so fond of it. It is because when you slap this record on immediately, it's 2003. You're wearing a crop top. You're possibly wearing a pair of combat jeans. You're in the bronze. The Slayer is there. People are dancing with their arms up like this quite slowly as somebody emotes over a microphone. Interestingly, I played it to my partner and she said, oh my God, she didn't get the bronze because she didn't watch Buffy. But what she said is, it's like P3 from Charmed. Exactly the same setup, basically. It's teenage people doing magic. Well, I say teenage, people in their 20s pretending to be teenagers and just doing this in crop tops. I don't know what you mean. Charisma Carpenter was definitely 16 and, in season one. Yes, and they're doing this and they're, you know, allegedly trying to avoid Joss Whedon. <laughs> As we all are, continually. Yeah. Um, I've never watched any of these magic shows. It's uh, just this, Mike. It's just okay. this. Interspersed with people talking about haunted emeralds. Uh, what, what, Ireland. Yes. yes, lots lots of little magical Irish creatures. And I say, in fairness, I do enjoy, I've enjoyed most of those programmes. I've got no, there's no, 
problem there. It, we spent is, a hell of a lot of time yes, working our yes, way through yes, Angel. We yes, we did, yes. Which is the spin-off series set in LA. Yes. It is indeed. <laughs> with many of the same characters, some of them familiar, some of them not so. And a, and a gay demon who was an absolute delight. But oh, he was. <laughs> it's, um, that, that is, it doesn't sound like it was, I mean, I, I say this in the full and certain knowledge that I don't actually know what music from last year was sounds like because mm. how would I know? But it sounds like probably 10 years ago. Yeah, it sounds very different from, not that I know much of them, but you sort of Billie Eilish's and... Mm. Okay, that's my full list of other artists from last year. I'm going to let you in on a secret, boys. This sounds actually very much like the current sound. Does it really? So the current sound is quite old. Very, very mid-90s. Late 90s, Um, I'd say. Early, early noughties. Yeah, but but kind of grungy dream Hmm. pop guitar is very much... I mean, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. It sounds... Ah, Baba! (laughs) It sounds (laughs) like... I'm going to try a third time. Go for it. It sounds like No Doubt. Yes. 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 <laughs> I've got great. that a lot in my notes. And that's there is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong no. with that. But it sounds so uncannily like No Doubt that you are left thinking, should we have just picked a No Doubt record? I mean, there's no, there's there's less you and me. kind of infectious rhythm than No Doubt. Because be No Doubt has that kind of almost uh, Jamaican Away. sway. Well, no doubt had really? a little bit of a scar influence yeah. in a lot of their stuff, which so yeah, oh, no, no, they absolutely did. I'm just thinking about "Don't Speak," which which does not have a scar no. influence. But that's again, I mean, that's a bit like you know, I'm just a girl, yeah, or spiderwebs or bathwater, anything like that. It's got a real scar. Yes, Adam, I I, I quite like no doubt. Aren't you curiously well informed? <laughs> yes, um, it's almost as if that kind of music influenced my liking for this album. Um, my God, it's all coming together. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, that's interesting then, Michael. I think maybe maybe I should have a look more at what is going on in music these days. Oh yeah, I think yeah, you'll find much to enjoy. Joe yeah, Gray, you need to go and look at what's really going on around here. <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> what's really going on here? Yeah, so it, it does sicken me that she's only 20 years old. Uh, yeah, I didn't Be- know that. Beatrice yeah. Laos is yeah. uh, Doobie's real name, a, a Filipino-born uh, British singer. This is her first album proper, and she previously released four EPs via Dirty Hit record label. So Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, she been... lit those four EPs. It was like between 2017, 2019, so she was yeah, plowing them out. And she's kind of gone from low po- lo-fi pop bedroom singer to kind of this much more lush stroke, dreamy, gun- grungy guitar sound. Mm. Very quick. So already within three years, she's kind of really developed a sound quite quickly. And she's already been nominated for a Rising Star Award at the 2020 Brit Awards and uh, an Emmy's Radar Award for last year. And she was also one of BBC Sound's pick of 2020. So... Good for her. Good for her. And for what her. had we done by the time we were 20? Yeah, so Biba Doobie first came to prominence way back in 2017. 
well, it's probably 2019 when her 2017 single, Coffee, was sampled by Canadian rapper Palfu on the song Deathbed, which got into the top 20 charts in over 27 countries. Again, good for them. It's a really charming little song. Um, and apparently, whilst I was doing the research for this, I, I think Coffee was the song that first came up on... You know how on Apple Music you get your, not Apple Music, the other one, Amazon Music, you get your recommended stuff? Mm -hmm. I tend to give that a listen because sometimes there's some good stuff on there and Coffee was the song that came up. The fundamental up. difference between you and me is I that know. I avoid the recommended column like the fucking plague. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> dare you think what I might like? Impertinent! Who do you think you are, Bezos? <laughs> Not getting offended by the algorithm. I assume that Bezos has an active hand. <laughs> but apparently, and you're going to hate this even more, Adam. <laughs> apparently, the thing that kind of made this song big was the the TikTok. Ah, the TikTok. Uh, yes, apparently it was used on some viral TikToks, and as such, because that's say... where children hear all their music now. Based on my personal experience, TikTok is just the newest and most exciting way that children have to be beastly to one another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really just set you apart from a TikTok generation because you're someone who describe people as beastly. Yeah. Oh! When they stop being utter beasts, I'll stop. Bieber Doobie herself said it, it is her whole life in one album. And what, what I did because I've listened to this album pre what previous listened to it hence before this um I don't appreciate how dark it actually is lyrically yeah so, I listening to it this time and really listening to the lyrics I oh. I noticed a certain darkness that I hadn't noticed before yes yeah, so interesting because I, I didn't notice a darkness but I did I also struggled to actually discern some of the lyrics but honest. do you think see this is what I think is really interesting about her is the juxtaposition of this very light almost twee melody almost twee voice yeah that's to the thing I what are actually quite as Michael says quite dark lyrics the one that and I this grungy the music underneath what was it called Genuinely can't remember. Well, just while you're figuring it out, I do feel slightly, you know, it is worth just mentioning at this point that, you know, there is self harm discussed in the album. So just going to actually be a nice person to say trigger warning. Uh, if anyone uh, does find that this topic kind of, you know, triggering or anything like that, yeah, we are going to be mentioning self harm at points because that's what some of the songs, uh, you know, the topics of them. So, you know, and we'll try not to be douchebags about it, make fun of it. I mean, that's but, deeply uh, laudable, Michael, but it is. Are the 50-year-old men who listen to this podcast really going to worry about this? It's difficult to imagine um, our almost exclusively male over the age of 35 audience being troubled by it, but laudable nonetheless. Good point. Well made. Please continue. Yeah, so the album title, Fake It Flowers, which I, you seem to uh, confuse, befuddled by Adam last week. You were, um, weren't you? No, no, it was mainly because I couldn't quite tell what you were saying. So I, I didn't know whether or not you were saying faked flowers or... Oh, fake it, flowers! Oh, it, a bunch it. of flowers! <laughs> so just again, trigger warning for self-harm, but we are doing bad Irish impressions, which is just fine. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Laudable Irish accent. <laughs> 
bulletproof Irish accents. To be sure. Yeah, yeah. This is her body, the flowers, this is a second. <laughs> <laughs> the new home by Beaver Doobie. This flowers is a second. Track service is evil. Is that your Eamon Holmes impression this week to compliment Lorraine Kelly from last week? Yeah, so, so the album title, which befuddled you so, um, apparently came about because she, she recorded her demos on her phone. And for some reason, Adam... Confound it, Michael. On her phone? Yes, she recorded my phone, Adam. That's what some of the children do these days. No, do you what do they that? Do. do you dial it with the rotary, put it to the... <laughs> As far and as I understand, set towards look, the amplifier. I am given to understand that if a gramophone is not directly involved, then at the very least you get an enormous advance from a record company and then you move into a studio for a spell. And that is how self-indulgent crap happens, but also some magic. On her phone, you say? Yes, and for some cotton-picking reason, it, it would auto-save the songs as Fake It Flowers. And to quote Biba Doobie, I was like, oh, that's a cool name, so I figured I may as well call the album that. Such magic we have in this world, Adam. <laughs> really, really seeing how the sausage is made. <laughs> yes, that's fair. It's a bit... Yeah. What is it where, where, where they call the band Unknown Artists so that they come up every time? Oh, is, there a, is there a band called yeah. Unknown Artist? There might be a band called Unknown Artist. I might be dreaming this. Difficult to Google. Yeah. Like terrible bands who call themselves things like The Band. The Band are a great I don't. Band. I was going to say, I don't think we can criticise The Band. Um, <laughs> a fucking great band. I, I think cool. The Band are beyond Google the them. You can, yes, very easily. They were <laughs> named before Google. I was going to say, given that the band were releasing albums in 1967, you're missing. All I'm saying is, they're hard to Google. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not saying, well, you, lads, lads, right? They should really thought about that one, shouldn't they? Should have really thought about that 40 years beforehand. That people in the future they might be looking yeah, things up. Rob, on their Robbie and Levon should have sat themselves down. Hey, Levon. We should have a think is about it, this. Is it Levon? I thought it was Levon. Levon? Levon? <laughs> Levon? Levon Ilm? Levon Ilm. Robert the Bissin? Levon Ilm. And the rest. <laughs> and Robbie Robertson. In the band. In Libyan Ipiat. We'll be opening for the Bib de Lune. Hello, hello. We've been incurred by the musician. So I'm, I'm glad we managed to bring this album back to good dead white men. <laughs> it's where it was always going to go. Well, I wondered why I suddenly felt more comfortable. <laughs> you did. You took a sip from your goblet of wine, looking really pleased as punch. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yes, and uh, I didn't realise this album was produced by Peter Ribetson. Of the vaccines, huh. a band I'm familiar with, but couldn't tell you a single song. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> I'm familiar with them purely because they're mentioned quite a lot on like Radio X, uh, a station that I listen to none of the music of. <laughs> Radio cunts. <laughs> but I do quite enjoy some of their output. Sans musique. <laughs> so the adverts then? Yes, I listen to it purely for the adverts. <laughs> 
Just love the way by Eddie Carr. Jingle. Yeah. Good God. BT guarantee how much fast broadband? <laughs> yeah, so under the um the album overall explores um Biba Doobie's experiences with self-harm, childhood trauma, relationship with her boyfriend, and using a hair dye as a method of empowerment. Critics drew comparisons with 90 Slacker Rock. Stereo Gun commented for the album's mix of grunge, shoegaze, Britpop, emo, and other guitar-powered Clinton-era subgenres. Swallow it, Adam. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just... I had so much bile and spleen. <laughs> why, so, why so hateful, man? Oh, there's just a lot of words that I don't really like in that sentence. Like so many of those words could be applied to Nirvana or any of the grunge yes, scene. And I, I admit, think I that members of the grunge scene are preposterous. I don't get Britpop from this album, I have to say that. I no, don't I get didn't. Britpop. I did at get all. in fairness. I didn't get angry. I was mainly me. about sort of shoegaze, which I've, I I like shoegaze. Oh, I find it a bit would you believe I find it a bit slow and self-indulgent. <laughs> Is self-indulgent. Yes, whereas a 20 says the Marillion <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. See previous episodes. <laughs> Any picked by Adam. Look, I've, yeah, got, to, I've, yeah. got, I've got to sort of announce a sort of mea culpa here. Um, I was, it's been a trying couple of weeks at work, as we discussed before we started recording. On the way home, I thought, oh, I really should listen to but I, I couldn't do it, boys. So what I listened to instead was War of the Worlds by Jeff Wackley. fuck's sake, man. And do you know what? I had a much better time. No one would have believed. Yes, now we're going. Now we're cooking. And you're not here. What? I've never hidden what I am. You ever thought about it? Pardon? You ever thought about hiding it? Just a little bit. <laughs> you find a little bushel, hide that light under there. It's just I found myself whistling forever autumn at work. <laughs> thought, yes. You were yes. whistling, you were bellowing at the top of your lungs. <laughs> Because you're striding down. <laughs> down the corridor, <laughs> delivering it in a very self-satisfied baritone. When you're not here. <laughs> I can imagine bursting through a, a door like a leaf through the trees. You came to love me. To so confusion <laughs> of an entire classroom. Well, you say confusion. That's a nice, or well, that's a less nice way of saying delight. <laughs> And in, indeed, enchant. Put down your TikToks and Snapchatters, everyone. <laughs> and hear <laughs> this! The human Chances affairs are being secretly observed by beings from beyond the void. What? What are you saying, sir? Shut up, boy! Now, I will grant you, there is a lack of interdimensional alien discussion on fake it flowers. Yes, I, I disagree. One because... of my first problems was going to be the absence of heat Raise. There is an awful lot of comment on space and cosmic dust and all of these, and this is something that I, I've noticed. It, there's a lyric. Well, look back human through affairs the lyrics. Being observed from beings from beyond the void. 
There's what no about the chances of anything coming from Mars? There's a song called There Back are a million to, Mars. to one. But still they come. <laughs> also, um, who did she get to do her the <laughs> Who did she get to do her narration? Was it Richard Burton? <laughs> it Richard Burton. Oh, Was yeah, it Liam Richard. Neeson? <laughs> uh, so yes, back to Bieber Doobie. <laughs> if we must, if we must. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to draw you away from Richard Burton here to talk about someone who is not dead. Better men than you have tried. Uh, In a me, described as as an arena-baiting alt-rock stomper for Gen Z, guitar hero. Swallow it, Adam. (laughs) Swallow you, son of a bitch. (laughs) The album received universal acclaim. It did. Yeah, pretty much, yep. Uh, right. apart, from, apart from those tricksters at Pitchfork again, who gave it 6.4 out of 10. Which oh, I think bastards. I think that's appropriate. I've got, in, in the Even the point of, four. In the, yeah, in the interest of transparency, I've got to say, I didn't, I, I, I enjoyed listening to it. I just thought it was reasonably, I, you know, like we were saying last week, Mike, that the problem with a review is that everything has to be brilliant or shit. And I thought this album I... was strictly fine. I thought it was perfectly pleasant, but it was, to an extent, it faded into the background for me, which is why hear... I sort of struggled. Do you want to hear what Pitchfork's opinion was? Because it, yes, it yes, chimes so, so nice with your opinion on Lulu. <laughs> uh, an album of vibes. It uses slanted melodies and flannel-loving aesthetics of alt-rock in service of pop hooks that are almost impressively simplistic and repetitive. I wouldn't disagree. No, I, I, I think there's yeah, a lot of thing. hooks. There's a lot of repetition, uh, but I, th- I think it works. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah, I thought it was perfectly pleasant. Yeah. I didn't dislike it. I didn't. Uh, in, I just also didn't love it. I, I just thought it was on, and then it wasn't on, and I listened to something else. Hmm. It, I was never grabbed or transported by it. Enemy hmm. gave it five stars. Um, all music, DIY, Evening Standard, Independent, Clash, all gave it four stars. And it did appear on a lot of people's, uh, well, magazines, top albums of 2020, which is where I kind of got into it because I did the mm. old, I'm, I'm an aging old fart. I need list to tell me what is good music these days. I'm That's going to I go and it. listen to Billie Eilish and find out what a Billie Eilish actually <laughs> is. I'm a bad guy. Do 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 do. Yes. Big, what does the Guardian big, say big on these fun. teenagers? Big fan of Gray's Michael as a crotchety old man voice. What is this NME? Give me your list of musical listenings. That's the Skeletor again. Excuse me, Shocky. Skeletor's up here. Oh, I've lost Skeletor. Do you, <laughs> your Do you have a copy of Melody Maker that I might peruse? <laughs> hey, I refuse to be made fun of by you in this regard, Adam. You. To be fair, Michael that. has already proven, despite me bringing the newest album to the podcast, that he knows more of the modern music than either of us. Yeah. Yes, but I'm not in denial. <laughs> I know what I am. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you once texted me admitting you had all of Camel's discography in your Skoda. <laughs> it wasn't all of Camel. <laughs> <laughs> but it I was listened, as much as you had. I listened to all of 
Mirage, which is their <laughs> statement album, as I drove through Buxton on my way to see you. And then, as I was about half an hour away, I pulled over so I could play Supper's Ready in its entirety. <laughs> I look forward to the day you make me listen to Camel on this show. It's coming soon, isn't it? It's very good, yeah. Long, very long songs, but they're good. <laughs> well, this album's only 40 minutes. Oh, we're yes. doing War of the Worlds before Which we do is... anything. <laughs> I mean, this album is a good, what, 50 minutes shorter than Lulu was last week, so oh, it's yeah. a bonus. And God love it for that. Mm. <laughs> so, care, care, meh, meh, eh, eh. Care is the one where I was immediately transported to the bronze, mm. surrounded by Xander, Buffy, Willow and the gang. So, question for someone who's not a lame wad, the bronze... It was the it's, night. It was the only nightclub in Sunnydale, the, yes, the town that Buffy is. Set but in. it's one of those weird little sort of quirks of American programs, and it's a nightclub where nobody seems to be drinking any booze. Nobody's being fingered. Uh, nobody's thrown up. Nobody's being asked to remove. And there isn't. There doesn't seem to be a no trainers rule. So I think this uh, this is the opening track does kind of set us up for the nostalgia that that it, it's it like Alanis run... Morissette meets the Lars. I actually, I've got the Lars written down. I, I feel the Lars are tell quite you what, an influence. That's one hell of a sort of. Yeah, no, I think you've, I think that's bang on. Alanis yeah. Morissette meets the Lars. What did you reckon to Jagged Little Pill? One of my favourite albums. Yeah, I thought I knew you were going to say yeah, that. What, what, do, what do you say? About so, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I like it. One hand in my pocket, and the other is funny a cigarette. That's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. I remember enjoying very much the copy I bought for a pound in Greenwich. It's a, it's a, a fascinating sort of record, isn't it? Because it is very, very of its time. But again, as but that's not a, a debut album from how Alanis was only about. 19 or 20 when that came out as well, wasn't she? Ooh, yeah, was she really? She was, yeah, was astonishingly really? young when that came out. Powerfully young. Astonishingly. Vibrantly young. <laughs> Athletically <now>. young. <laughs> so really... uh, the, uh, the, the uh, production team, Michael. <laughs> so yes, the production team of Fake It Flowers. Uh, so, uh, Biba Doobie herself does... Uh, Writing, vocals, backing vocals, electric guitar, and acoustic guitar. And then you've got Lewis uh, Slem, sorry, apologies, Semelkan, Semelkan Faith. Semelkan, yeah. Semelkan, yeah, Louis Semelkan Faith on drums, percussion, Eliana Sewell on bass, Jacob Budgeon on guitar, Matt Calvert on guitar, then Pete Robertson of The Vixines on keyboard, guitar, synth, bass, drums, percussion, backing vocals, string arrangement. All of which is tremendous, but it doesn't answer my question. Are they part of her? Well, are they part of her touring band, or are there were they people that were brought in to play on the record? What what's the surf if, if assuming people were allowed to play live? What would you see? Well, so she did play. So she obviously she's done gigs and that. She also supported the 1975, who are again a band I know the name of. Don't really know much of them. I'm mainly familiar with them <clears> because <throat> I know whose parents are. 
Um, what, that fella from Boys from Black stuff, or was it Alvida Same Pet, sorry? And Alvida Same Pet and her from Loose Women, and also, latterly, of um, COVID denial. Oh, dear. Yeah. But um, she uh, basically, I, she, I think she supported them at the beginning of the tour, and then the tour got cancelled halfway through. Cancelled. That thing that's been going on for far too long. You mean that bug that's going around? Yeah, the sniffles. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, I believe uh, these are friends and well wishers who uh, just stopped by to play a, a bit of a tune for her. Just stopping by. Yeah, so mm. um, yeah, care. I think it's a, it's an infectious summer vibe of a guitar. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lovely song, and I mean mm. that in not a just dismissive way. I think cares are just it's such a warm sound to it. It's just. It, it's a real, it's a real just spring summer vibe song. You just play yeah, it. yeah, no, it is. Uh, look, I, I will bear you out on that, and I, I'm, I, I really am going to have to work hard, I suppose, to, um, which I'm not prepared to do, um, <laughs> yes, to under, underplay the fact that I've been quite disparaging about the record. The record is, understand. the record is nice. The record is lovely, but Care is the first one that made me think. It's 2002 and, you know, I'm at the Hellmouth and th that vibe then stayed with me for anything. So my problem, but what's I suppose, wrong with being there, Adam? But, uh, I don't but, want to be there. Also, but, I mean, that was a good time. You mentioned yeah, several times. The vampire deaths. <laughs> You've mentioned several times the early 2000s. I don't get the early 2000s album at all. I get 90s. Personally. Yeah, I get I get mid to late 90s. I, I, don't I think get... it's late 90s and there's some crossover. Because I just think early 2000s is terrible pop and bad fashion sense. Mm. That's also true of the 90s. No, no, there's a lot more guitars involved. Well, that's, I mean, that is true. But the, I think there is something... The noughties had a lot of guitars. Is... All of the indie landfill bands are in the noughties. There's a, there was a lot of guitar nonsense happening in the noughties. The I noughties don't think this is guitar nonsense. Up. I think this is no, more of no, the grunginess. Wasn't. This is... I, I I feel this is more Seattle sound. This this is yeah, it is yeah. yeah. I, I get more relaxed hole and mm. a bit of garbage. I don't yeah. want to hear about your relaxed hole <laughs> once more in this podcast. Come on, that was low hanging. Garbage fruit. is a good <laughs> shout, actually. I, I from my <laughs> from my mellow hole. The, yes, garbage from your mellow hole. The, I mean, I think the problem here is that if we if we are what we are saying so far is that it reminds us of every single female-led, vaguely indie band. Which I was desperately trying not to do in my notes, which was like, yes, Michael, another female-fronted rock yeah. band. So this reminds us of, no doubt, Gary, uh, Garbage and Alanis Morissette and Hole. I mentioned so the Lars. I mean, and if I, we pop in the Cranberries and we've got a full when, house. Know, when I was discussing this earlier, I mentioned that a lot of the, the music behind it, and this is what I was saying about the juxtaposition of her voice, musically, I do feel there's a very Nirvana feel to a lot of it, actually. And... I don't hear that. Do you not? No, I don't. I don't at all. Um, but in fairness... It doesn't I have had, the aggression. No, it doesn't. There was one song that's got a degree of aggression on it. Hmm. And, and it, I would say that was my favourite one, but I am struggling to discern which one that was. I was <clears> listening <throat> to it earlier after I turned off War of the World. Was thinking it I really Charlie Brown by any chance? 
you know, I, I have no way of knowing. Okay. I'll have Absolutely to play it. none. Zero <laughs> ways of finding this out. <laughs> if only there was some way of knowing. <laughs> like an Agatha Christie, isn't it? Yeah. Turns out all the girl bands did it. <laughs> so, is it worth it? No. I love this one. This is this is the real earwormy one for me. Mm. I this one gets in my head, and I, I think it really shows off her vocal dynamics. It does. Um, I like I like in the, in the verses. It, yeah, like you said, the way she throws her voice back and forth and just mm. affects it in different ways. It's her voice crazy. is very is a lovely and elastic thing, but I've I've much preferred her voice when she opened the taps a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm. When when she's mm. not doing that. Um, you know the breathy thing. Oh, which I love I, the breathy thing. I know you do, but it, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm trying to do the breathy thing. It, it just means when she's singing so, softly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Serge Gainsbourg. Like Serge Gainsbourg. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, uh. Exactly like Serge Gainsbourg. <laughs> the ten. See, I think the reason this one would not have... I, I think maybe Adam wasn't keen on this one, because this this is the game we now play, is why didn't Adam like this song? No, but that's... Just, because, why because, didn't Adam like it? That's just it. I thought this all one, of them were fine. I really did. This one is about love in the 21st century, Adam. That doesn't exist. None of us, none of us are, are apt enough to discuss this topic. Gray, how can any one of us truly know love if we don't remember war? What? <laughs> I remember nothing but war, Adam. Nothing but war. If you didn't live through a landmark global conflict, how can you possibly know love? Certainly what? to write a song about it. I stand by it. You have to have lingering memories of the Second World War in order to write appropriate songs about love. So all Unless of the songs know... about love that ABC put out. And be signed to EMI. <laughs> yes, quite. Specifically Parlophone. <laughs> Again, I really like this song. It gets in my yeah. head. This is yeah. the one that I really... One no, of no, my favourites. Again, all joking aside, I thought the second song it sort of kicked up a notch mm -hmm. and I, so I thought oh okay yeah all right yeah I, again like look we finished the record Mike told me we were going to do this I immediately listened to a bit of it the morning after because my daughter got a bill and I and I, I text both of you that very mm. morning going don't hate it it's not yeah. bad at all and that's true mm. I'm being you know an ass, but it's really, Very I like the second one, absolutely, cheerfully cop to it. But the second one, I thought, oh, okay, this is this is going somewhere. We're, this is becoming more interesting. Mm. It doesn't sound quite so much like the bronze, <laughs> which it really does. Can we do the, the Buffy soundtrack album at some point for a bonus episode? <laughs> You two can, cheerfully. I'll skip that one. It's a good little hey, album. It's a good little I album. I had to Michael. sit through. I had to listen to the fucking WrestleMania album on YouTube for <laughs> days. Creamy for, my, for my own birthday. And it didn't even have birthday. It Doesn't Matter by, 
by The Rock. That wasn't a wrestle song. Wrestle, wrestle, that was a Wyclef song. That wasn't a wrestle song. That wasn't a wrestle song. <laughs> it wasn't songs for wrestling, too. Songs songs for swinging wrestlers. By songs to be wrestled by. <laughs> so how do we feel about Diet Red? The one about dying your hair, Adam. Swallow it. <laughs> dye your hair, dye your hair. <laughs> this is, I, I did write down that lyrically, this is the most teen angsty one. Look, there's quite a bit of that, isn't there? And then, look, she's very young. I don't want to sound monstrously patronizing, but that's, yeah, that's, that's very young. That's absurdly young. I mean, admittedly, she's hugely accomplished for a 20 year old. This one is about an abusive relationship. Mm. It's a song about horrible men in your life that you may experience. And if you're lucky, hopefully you never will. And yeah, I'm sure she'd be it. absolutely gratified to learn that three horrible men are now discussing a tender output. Hey, two of us like it. Only one of here is yeah. I like it too. No, no, you've been very clear that you wish it was written by a 70-year-old white man signed to Parlophone. Yeah, if a 70-year-old white man was singing about abusive relationships and dyeing his hair, you'd be like, oh, this is a bloody masterpiece, this is. <laughs> 20 minutes long. <laughs> Give me more of this. <laughs> I will listen to it in the car on the way home. That Moog mic sounds as crisp today as it did. In 1967. Just listen to that snare drum. You don't get snare drums like that these days. What you've got to understand is that they were coming out of the war. And they're talking about dying hair red. It's remarkable. Nobody dyed their hair red. It's a before. statement against the bloody communists. Yes. All of that's true. <laughs> you have been lampooned, sir. I have been lambasted. <laughs> no, I've been lambested. Ah, good solid humour. <laughs> solid, oh, gentle humour. Gentle humour. <laughs> yes, kiss my ass, you don't know Jack, and if you say you understand, you don't. Ah. But you've got to understand, when that was recorded in 1967, <laughs> The older generation didn't know Jack, and that was really challenging. Yeah, so central. I am who I am, but no, yeah, Diet Red. It is a bit team angsty. That's fine. I, I think it's Frank, and it's you know, considering who she is as an artist, and you know, this is her life story. I, I think it fits. I think it's nice, and there are much worse teen angsty songs out there let's face it a lot of taylor yeah, yeah. swift's over um <laughs> oh yes we hadn't mentioned taylor swift yet yes there's a ch check the list yeah well she's no, on but my as someone card, who has actually listened to everything swifty's ever put out there's there's not much taylor swift here at all people call her swifty swifty that's that's what she's known as to her fans to the true I, fans i i'm a big 1989 fan Love I like album. 1985. Yeah, it was one hell of a year. It's a great song by David Bowie. I don't really understand what else you have to add about 1989. Good What's Summer the... Slam that year as well. <laughs> a vintage Summer Slam. <laughs> it was widely regarded in the terraces. We could all agree, Vintage Summer Slam. 
Yes, diet read. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I like the sentiment as well towards the end of the song where she says, I've had to put up with your shit when you're not even that cute. Mm. We've all been in that kind of relationship. It's like, ah, is it worth it really? You're kind of a douchebag. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna take a very long sip now. <laughs> we've all we've all been there, haven't we, lads? Or we've continue to be. <laughs> Safe in the knowledge that she'll never listen, Mike. She'll never listen. <laughs> she'll never listen to this. You can put it on the internet of the sure and certain knowledge that not only will she <laughs> never listen to it, none of her friends will ever listen to it. <laughs> You're absolutely in the clear. <laughs> We're all bound, yes, all bound in, you yes. know what, the covenant of silence. Your relationship <laughs> and the pronunciation of Rob Trulu's name. <laughs> so, back to Mars. Are you right? Yes. The chances of anything coming from Mars. Track four. Hmm. Um, I think this is a nice little short, sweet palate cleanse. It's a little interlude of a track, mm. isn't it? I like it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. it's... It got much more of acoustic sound and mm. it's chill. Um, yes, she said it herself, something to kind of transition the mood to a darker, more personal point. And then it does get delightfully dark after this and I really like the next few, but we'll get to them when we get to them. Yeah, but also I just thought, um, worth mentioning, this Back to Mars was actually written for her previous EP, so. Yeah, was it the Space Cadet EP? Yeah, Space Cadet, so yeah. Back to Mars would fit in with a theme. Mm. And I think, I want to say that's the one that's got She Plays Bass on it, which is a really stellar song. I actually. will confess, it was on my to-do list to go listen to some of the EPs and I just didn't mm. get around to it before we were recording. But There's I, some I, really good I stuff on the TV's EPs. really listening actually. to War of the Worlds, yeah? Yes, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I know the score. Yeah, we were behind the bike shed. <laughs> With your copy of Jeff Wayne. <laughs> headphone each listening to it. Yeah. Have you seen this? It's great. Look, it's a gatefold. <laughs> Here's track five, Charlie Brown. Charlie this Brown. is one of my favourites. I think this is the one that you're thinking of, Adam. I suspect like. this is the one I'm thinking of. because This is you're... the very drums. This is the very... Oh, yes, no, it is. The, the yeah. throw it away, that yeah. one. Yes, that one. Yeah. yeah. This is, I think this is one of the best ones. I'm afraid I... the reason I couldn't discern which one it was was because I was expecting the song to be called Throw It throw Away. It. And then I looked and then it wasn't and I was baffled. Mm. Because, in fairness, <laughs> I'm not sure why it's so. so she, Biba Doobie, is covered in tattoos. Yes, she absolutely is covered Charlie in tattoos. Charlie Brown, as and she's one. got a Snoopy. Um, I don't know why I'm drawing it on my arm. That's not very good for audio listeners. For the listener, um, he's pointing at his arm, which is bereft is of tattoos. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing um, sign language, which helps no one. But no, she's got a panel of a Snoopy um, comic. Cartoon. Peanuts. Uh, Peanuts, thank you. By Charles M. Schultz. Um, on her arm. And that's the only link I could... I, I don't know what Charlie Brown really means to her, but she's got a tattoo. Um, yeah. Michael, any, any, any lighting on that one? No, I do. I have thoughts, but without... Without Biba Doobie herself actually saying what they are, I don't want to speculate because that would be unhelpful. Well, I think mm -hmm. the whole point is it's, it's quite personal, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, and if she hasn't seen fit to explain it any more concretely than within the song itself, then, you know, far be it from us. 
Mm. However, Charlie Brown is, as Gray says, I think the standout track on the album mm. it, it, because it, it's 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 a bit of a monster in comparison yeah. to some of the others. There's there's a genuine rock feel to it, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Well, I think this point as well has been a nice uh, a mix because this was this one is the more uh, yeah I think this one's the closest to like Gray mentioned Nirvana. I'd say this is verging on the Nirvana sound, mm. kind of more in, in Uturo sound. It's but then certainly these, heading that way. Yeah, but then you've just covered the back of Back to Mars, which is, you know, verging on the just acoustic chill. And then you, you opened with Care, which was just lush, grand sounding thing. There's already been quite a lot of, you know, atmospheric changes on the mm. album, only within five songs. Which, given the you know relatively short album it is as well, it's... and we get a lot more, I think. Yeah, actually, I mean, even though it's it's a predominantly guitar-driven album, there's a lot of different sounds and vibes mm. going on on the album. I think. I would agree, and I think I think you know this is. I think it's. I think there is without you know sounding like an old fart. I think this is a young young artist who is experimenting with her sound and and sort of showing off the different sort of assets of her musical tastes and of her musical abilities and i think this is this is if this is where she's going yeah th- this, yeah i would look if this is where she's going then i'll be i'll be more on board than i was i thought like i said before the her voice is a far reaching and many splendid instrument and it was this area of her voice, which is huge, that I liked the most. And it's a personal taste thing. There's nothing wrong with the breathy thing. Like Gray said, it, he really likes it. It's just not my vibe. This song, I thought, yeah, no, I can get on board with that. Blow, blow off the cobwebs a little bit. Come on. Good stuff. Yeah, and I, I think what you get from this as well, just the first five songs is just that it's obviously um, rich. She's got range. Rich pool of um, influence for this drawing on. So, kind of obviously, listen, you know, between her and Pete Robertson, a lot of influences. Can you imagine the studio and being like, oh, let's, let's try and do something that sounds a bit like this? You know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, uh, you know I said that as a positive because I, I like that way of thinking, being like, yeah, oh, let's, nothing, let's, try, let's try and do something in this vernacular. wrong with that. Completely yeah. and utterly. So, like, we've, recently, as, as we've alluded to, we're both passing fans of David Bowie. Who is not exactly? Really, I, I was not aware. Of, have not you ever done a podcast on this? We've done an enormous podcast. He's. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I find this this enormous back catalogue? Well, should you be so inclined, it's Breaking Glass. Is that emo song? I really enjoy the Radiohead style electronic noodling the on this. Si- yeah, the synth on this is fab. I yeah. really like this. I actually, um, and I hate to put another female-led group here, but oh, I, I think, sorry, I think there's a little bit of a... Card. Hang on. <laughs> there's a bit of a Bat for Lashes feel to this one. Oh, actually, yeah. I oh, I don't that. have Bat for Lashes. I ah. don't have that. I thought you were going to say En Vogue. <laughs> no. You see, no. I thought he was going to say Sade. Oh. Um. <laughs> It was that or Bjork, but that's all I've got on the third row. <laughs> the question I had coming out of emo song is, what is emo to the youth of 2020? Because it didn't fit. You know how we 
have a, an image of emo from when we were young and when it was the sort of emo well, that's floppy, just, floppy that's hair fringe makeup. Yeah. we no the thing is we have an image of emo from when we were younger we weren't young when emo was a thing it was emo we were uni yeah i know but that's too old for emo no, but that's what I mean. So emo but, ca like caters for a, a strictly teenage experience, which is, mm. again is absolutely fine and has its place. But I think emo is still very much an adjective that is used within the you know the teen milieu. It's it, it's still a thing. They just they they're not necessarily current. They like. But so what does um, it? That's what I'm saying. What does it mean now for? It means exactly a twenty-year-old artist. Colourful black hair, right. too much eye makeup, possible self-harm, black nail varnish, probably My Chemical Romance. I so love not, a bit of My Chemical Romance. So it hasn't changed in 20 years? No, it, it hasn't changed at all. But it, I think right. emo is, in the same way that we would all understand glam rock as being the same thing, right. it doesn't, It, I, in my opinion, it's still that. And But emo is still uniquely accessible to people within that sort of experience. So if you are if you are 17, it's mm. still and feeling out out of sorts, it's still going to speak to you. It's still a powerful thing. It's just that we were all in our 20s when it erupted. In my day we had Genesee and <laughs> but I don't what did they call emo kids when you were actually at school because for us it was like greasers Grebo. or grebos. Grebos was our one. Yeah, yeah. Emo didn't I went to Hogwarts, we were... so we didn't really have emo oh, yeah, yeah, so, so emo song? Yeah. Yes. It's about how your childhood affects your relationships when you're older. It references uh, you know, in lyrics phrases like back on the old ways. So it could be referencing once again self-harm. Yeah, yeah. Having having troubled relationships later in life, and you go back to your old ways of self-harming. Potentially. Well, that checks out, doesn't it? Yeah. Although the, the sound is much more mellow than Charlie Brown, which preceded it. Um, yeah, it's in, in many ways. In fairness, it's quite a nice sort of um, change of pace after Charlie Brown. Mm. Mm. It, it, well, it, it sounds like a come down. Yeah, it kind of is in a way, whilst mm. almost con continuing the story, really. So what a sorry. I really sorry. love the instrumental on this. Mm. Really love the instrument. I think this is probably the most '90s song mm. on the album. I mainly know it as a sitcom with Ronnie Corbett. Very good, Adam. Uh, <laughs> I've written it could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> is it? Is it, Adam? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I never watched. Sorry. No, Neither did I. Neither did I. <laughs> I just know that basically language, Timothy, is, is, is the catchphrase. That's all oh, I know. Is that where that's from? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mildly fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> For a given value of mildly, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I love the, the lush strings on this because this is the first mm. song that seems to break out a bit of strings on yeah. it. Oh yeah, it does get a little bit more luck and around she, this point, um, and the I don't the know does. how much she was involved in the writing of these, but she had learned the violin. Oh. And I guess this is where the sort of ability to pick up the guitar possibly came from, because 
not saying all stringed instruments are the same, but if you're pretty good with one, you are quite capable to jump to another. Damn, I wish I could play something. I've always um, found that absolutely fascinating. And I also am. incredible. You know, when you see somebody that can play at one instrument to a high standard, just pick something up and they're able to pick out a tune on it. It's fucking well, someone, amazing. Someone like a Warren Ellis from the Bad Seas who just seems yeah. to be able to play every single instrument amazingly. It's like, why, how, why can't I be you? Share it around, Warren. I'm going to keep quiet through this conversation. Let's so, sound I'm, smug. <laughs> Yeah, I've written it could be a mellow James Bond song. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Which is probably more to do with the strings than anything. The, the, yeah. the album, from this point on, goes very strings, and I am a sucker for some strings. Yeah. Well, what's the... Um, uh, we should have mentioned it earlier. Why Biba Doobie? I don't know. She hasn't revealed that secret to me. It's, <laughs> I it's doubt, Adam, to do with... to you. Yeah. <laughs> Not the strength of this podcast. No, I don't think she'll be returning my calls, even <laughs> though I do quite like her album. But um, yeah, I don't think it's anything that. to do with Bobcat Goldthwait, as you as you proposed last week. Well, did we all enjoy doing Bobcat Goldthwait's voice? <laughs> I, did. I know I do. <laughs> Other way to me is the I'm going to go to the bar for a quick one song. Sorry. Yeah. Just circle back on sorry quick. I just. Oh, sorry. 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 Again, it's another quite dark song because it's basically her saying or apologizing to all the people she knows that have had really fucked up lives and she's not been able to help in any way. Is that what it's about? Yeah. So you got lines like. Said I had to see you, but I don't and I won't and I won't. Uh, to think I was just like you all alone, skin and bone. So, Jesus, oh, it's one hell of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, feeling guilt for feeling lack of either empathy or just lack of courage to be able to help someone, your, your perceived lack mm. of courage. Because we've all been in that situation where we've seen a friend or someone we know being a real just shit situation or quite the pickle and just start not being really able to. Kind of properly feel like you're helping out or be able to no, be there for them. Oh yeah, that no, that's a terrible feeling. Hmm. Mm. So yeah, it's quite, it's quite. Uh, even though it's quite a lush, rich-sounding song, the content of it is actually quite sad. Uh, you <laughs> just really, you really brought me down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So further away, you say. Yes, yeah, so I, I am going to go to the bar for this one. I, I, I've, yeah, this is this is the one. It's yeah. nice. It's fine. It again, maybe it's a palate cleanser. Um, but it's um, it's there for me. This one. Yeah, I'd say. Won't astonish is... you to learn that I agree, Michael. Um, I think again because the strings on it, it reminds me of <laughs> it reminds me of Toto's love song from Dune. Which she what's that Dune? called? No, but I think she knows someone who's a Dune. Well, that's what is that fair. song called? What is the song called from Dune by Toto? Oh God, I don't know. Wormsign? <laughs> Atomics? Fade. Wormsign, a tender love ballad. <laughs> Lovely Fade? <laughs> Lovely Fade. Yes, yeah, so the song was called Take My Hand by Toto from Dune. That, that 
that's conjured in my mind by further away. Okay. Therefore, I like it. Take My Hand is also the name of a very lovely song by Matt Berry that's the theme tune to uh, Toast of London, which is wonderful. Both the show and the song. Isn't and it the also album a song from. in uh, Gay the Gay Musical in the IT crowd? <laughs> Take my hand. Wait, that's not my hand. Are we still allowed to enjoy that? I'm not sure. <laughs> not no, sure. Graham Linham's a bastard. Because I suddenly, I watched that episode recently, which my dad still thinks is one of the funniest things he's ever seen, where Matt Berry is in a relationship with somebody and the joke is, she was a man. I and thought that, you said you were from Iran. Yeah, and that takes on yeah. a really uh, horrible colour, given yeah. everything that followed. Given yes. the, the psychosis of Graham Linehan. <laughs> It's extraordinary, isn't it, that that's really? the hill he's chosen to really die on. It could, really, it's truly bizarre. He could have just ignored it. He didn't just have shut, to like it, but he could have just, just shut, shut up at any shut one the fuck point. Up. Shut the fuck up. Mind your business. Why does it matter to you? Oh, there's this hugely marginalised group of people. I'll probably really have a go at them. Yeah. Talk about skin in some kind of game. He has none. Absolutely none. I'm a feminist. Are you, Graham? Are you? Or just a Titanic bell end? <laughs> I wager that. Anyway, beba doobie. Beba doobie. doobie doobie. So, further ways about accepting yourself. Say what you want, it's hard because it sucks. Yes. It's true. Yes, quite. And it's about people who used to bully you and things like that. So, like, who's laughing now? The shit they used to say is out of your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can relate to that. Mm. As someone who was bullied, and I probably bullied some people in my time. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly, being I've a young person, been on both sides of that coin. It's absolutely wretched. Yeah. I know what Joni Mitchell was saying now. Uh, incidentally, on my, uh, Bingo card here. I've also got X-ray specs, which I don't think is going to make. Oh, an I was expecting that. <laughs> um, something, something, Enya. <laughs> make your own joke. Make your own joke. <laughs> Insert joke here, Enya. Turn to page forty-three. I'm not here to do all the work for you, you sons of bitches. <laughs> for those people making jokes at home, the next punchline is Enya. Enya. <laughs> Everybody else trying to work Orinoco flow into a, into a joke? Because I am and it's not working. <laughs> Orinoco flow, Yoko Ono. <laughs> Make your own joke. <laughs> I've given I mean, you the words, everyone. Because <laughs> it doesn't work. Stockard but... Channing, Dakota Fanning. <laughs> Gotta have a system, everyone. Gotta have a system. Stockard Channing, Dakota Fanning. So, Horan Saracen. Horan Saracen. Um, th I think this is a really lovely love song. Um, it's all about her her boyfriend, Soren Harrison. Uh -huh. did, uh, 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 I don't who... care for that wordplay. No, uh, who is her, her video director, um, and they are very, very lovey-dovey on Instagram. Um, are they now? 
I I could have directed a video for you, no? Not Darren Aronofsky money. Not Darren Aronofsky money. In fairness, you would have been knocked down Harrison money or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> Rex Harrison money, yes. <laughs> you do, you do you a video for me. You can walk with the Rex animals Harrison and talk money. with the animals, Michael. <laughs> On the street where you live. Was that Jeremy Brett? Shit. Um, disregard. Continue about Horin Saracen. I think it's nice. It's pleasant. It's and a, It's a lovely sounding song. Yeah. It's gorgeous sounding. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Hmm. She wanted a song that reminded her of a Disney soundtrack. Oh, is that where she was going with it? Yes. Okay. Well, she's, she's not really missed. Could be. Yeah, I like the, the, the way she kind of says you have green eyes, so I'm convinced you're from outer space. Yeah, I think it's a cookie relationship. It's, it's a very sweet cookie. Yeah. Cookie, and not mysterious. It's not mysterious. Yeah, it's not David Lynch. It's just lovely. Would mm. you like to do your David Lynch voice just for a sec? No. Oh, are you sure about maybe having <laughs> green eyes? You better have green eyes. That's what you do. <laughs> Let Lou read. <laughs> It's the B-52s again. <laughs> She's got green eyes! They're obviously very much in love, and it's, I think it's quite and sweet. And I it's... want you to know that I'm in love, mm. but I don't want you to feel comfortable. That's yeah, I like that. A kooky sentence. I like sentence. that a lot. Yeah, like which means, you know, you don't want to get comfortable in love. You want to keep each other on your toes and have adventures yeah. and yeah, be fun. What's wrong with comfort? Like for a man who wears colourful shoes, has a car that's just the right size for him, and has a millets jacket, I don't know what uncomfortable would be for you, my friend. It's not millets, mate. It's not millets. It's Jack Wolfskin. And honestly, one of the best things I've ever bought. It's both windproof and waterproof. So you will own that jacket for 15 years, not a year less. <laughs> yes, I will, and then I'll replace it. <laughs> With the same one. Best jacket I've ever had. Mike, I was told the other day, and I don't disagree with this person's assessment, I was told that, Adam, you are maybe four years away from owning a gilet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. God, what the most mundane fortune teller I've ever heard. You will own the gilet. I will say, though, the mundane fortune teller, more accurate than the more outlandish fabulists that you may be in your common fares. You may also go one evening for a meal at Miller and Carter. You will I not like be overly impressed, but I it like... will be mediocre at best. This you steak will be well cooked. Will so this mundane fortune teller, that is adequate. <laughs> so this Monday Fortune Teller is played by Peter Laurie. Yeah. You the carter, million carter, Vic. Have the truffle mac and cheese. You will not have a starter and dessert, for you will be too full. Would you like the peppercorn or the blue cheese? They also do one that has bone marrow in, which is more like a gravy. You like. You want the steak chips or the thin fries? Either, my darling, either. I don't remember M being the shit. <laughs> Did he kill a child in that film? I remember it being a bit more dynamic. 
I don't even uh, know. It was all about ordering steak. <laughs> doing the voice. <laughs> I have no idea who this person is. Emma stood for medium voice. rare. <laughs> uh, so, how was your day? Dispiriting, broadly. Yours? <laughs> I think this is beautiful. I, I really love this. I think it's it's heartbreaking. It's it's one of these songs where I think when I heard it, where I was mm. in my own oh, okay. journey at the time, it felt like a lost love song. Mm. And I, I I love this song. My issue with it, weirdly, is its position on the album. Oh, in that I feel this sounds like a bonus track. The way it's produced, the fact Very that it's just yeah, exactly. The fact that it's just her on a guitar. You've got the, you know, the cheeky little talking to the producers. Yeah, it feels like the bonus track. So for me, the first time I heard the album, I thought, oh, this is this is the end. And then you've got two more yeah. much heavier songs. Mm. But I, I but. That aside, I, I mm. really love this song. I think it's... so. Will this be the one that you always go back to? Yeah, I, this this is the one that I, I think I, I fell in love with her a little bit on this one. Or is this the song where it would? Because what you seem to be intimating is that this this song is a song that hit you at a particular point, possibly mm. due to whatever your personal circumstances were. Would you find it a song that's quite difficult to revisit? Because that can happen, can't it? When you think. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, it's sort of six months later as it is now, it is a song that I still really love. Um, it's a thinker song, and I don't think that my own, and I feel that I've, you know, I don't want to go into stuff, but... No, no, of course. Um, but, you know, I've, I've felt this with a lot of songs over the course of the last year. There's, you know, there's been Bare Naked Lady songs that I've listened to and gone... Fuck! I've suddenly got a whole new meaning on this. There's, you know, yeah, yeah. Counting Crow songs, and with this one, I, I wonder. I'd, I'd like to revisit it again in a year's time and see where I feel with it there, well, because that's, I'm that's sure. Sort of why I asked, because mm. obviously, you, if you are when you are going through some stuff and a song strikes you, I've got a very vivid memory of being sort of sat around the dinner table with my family and a perfectly innocuous. I can't even remember what it was which sort of defeats the argument, but a perfectly innocuous song came on. And for whatever reason, it just made me start to weep because mm. it just, it, it hit me then and there. And for, I mean, this was years ago, but for months I could not listen to it because it just, it made me feel wretched. But I think that's the power of music because... Of course it is, of course you know, it is. But um, I mean, that's an understatement, obviously, but, yeah. you know, songs... Songs hit us in totally different ways wherever we are, and you know, absolutely. You know, there's there's a song by Supergrass that I still I associate it so much with the day that my grandfather died, and I mean, you guys were there that day. Like, mm. I you know, we're now 15 years on from that. I still get emotional, and it's it's not even an emotional song, like. No, but it's quite nice, isn't it, to have a mm. shortcut to those emotions if they are what you yeah. want to feel. Well, it's, um, a song I remember very much for a painful breakup period was uh, Kanye West's uh, Runaway. And that was a song that had been out for like a year 
or so beforehand. And it was a great, yeah, I loved it. It was a great song. And then I started listening to it during that period. And there's certain lines in Runaway, which absolutely hit me for six during that period. But when he says things like, I always find something wrong. You've been putting up with my shit just way too long. Mm. Uh, and things like that. And even now when I listen back to it, it just takes me right back to how I felt listening to it during that period. And even now I'm very content and happy, but listening to that song just throws me right back to 10 years ago when I felt like that and just felt like shit. And listening to that song just made me feel like a wretch. Strangely like, enough, oh. um, 10 years ago, when you were going through that breakup, I was going through something of a Roy Orbison phase. And I now can't listen to Crying without thinking of your breakup. <laughs> and no, the song you used to ask me if it was okay to play was It's Over. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Like, yeah, all right, let me yeah, cheers. <laughs> I do Nico on next. Yeah, I was going to say. I remember being in the living room, in the kitchen, in your flat in South London, doing the washing up, and you going, "Ah, Nico!" and running <laughs> in, covered in suds, going. No. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just, I think this is this is one of those songs that I, I'll take this song with me. I, I think it's it's a really powerful, lovely song. Yeah, I'm going to revisit this song now because I've, I've, I've. Yeah, so I mean, the, the context, if you've not heard it, is you know, how was your day? It's basically about being away from the, your partner, the one you love, and just trying to maintain some sense of normality. I, I imagine it's based on her experience of having to tour, traveling, mm. things like that, but still trying to just maintain some kind of normality with your yeah. partner. Just say, so how's your day, love? And it's just like, yeah, I haven't. We have no actual real connection at the moment because we have on two completely different planes. Totally different worlds, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of, it, I've written down here, it reminds me of like a you know, uh, Daniel Johnston style song, more in the production style of it, that very, it, the way it is recorded, it's just, you've got just the atmosphere of the room and everything. It does sound like it literally, you just, they put their iPhone down mm. on a table, probably about five feet away from them and just, took that recording. Daniel yeah. Johnson songs are very hard to listen to, aren't they? They are. I, 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 I must confess, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't, <laughs> it's not clicked for me yet. Um, it may one day, everyone, so don't send me hate mail yet, but it's not clicked. And I, I'm and aware I've, that, I'm aware that Daniel, Daniel Johnson. Charm, but I, yes. yeah, I really enjoyed the documentary, apart from the fact that I thought, this man is very ill. Very, very ill, everyone. <laughs> He's terribly poor father. ill. It's poor father. It's poor father. Uh, yeah, I think the main line in the song that kind of really gets me, uh, I think it's one of the last ones, which is, I miss getting angry at you because at least I felt something new. Yeah, that's a bit of a heartbreaking yeah. phrase. I think that's quite a teenage thing as well, isn't it? Uh, but the, the whole thing that a, a relationship has got to have like huge volcanic rows and stuff, or see, you're not feeling I don't anything. See, as teenage, I, I see it as I quite know. a mature look mm. at it, and just like you know, just even at twenty, because a lot of people, you know, when we were twenty, we we're all at uni, and we don't, you know, you guys have done a bit of travelling. I think uh, I um, hadn't. I yeah, I was very, I was very naive and childish at twenty to a point, but I think I, seemed, I was a man of the world. I literally went straight from Hogwarts were. to Aberystwyth. That was that was my journey. What a come down <laughs> for you! Uh, uh, I think she's she's much more in tune with yeah. her, you know, emotionally adept and just you know. To me, this actually sounds like the words of someone twice her age. Yeah. Okay. 
and that insight of just you know we are we were absolutely in love but we're on two different wavelengths at the moment because mm. we just don't have that physical connection to be with each other okay. are we going to weather this storm or is it going to be is this a breakup song i i think honestly boys you have made me want to revisit a couple of these i think Please my do. problem was that i i didn't i don't own it so I didn't put it on with any sense of ceremony. I've only had it in my on my phone. So it's always been on sort of when I've been driving or whatever. And it's so some of them blur into one another. And clearly some of them absolutely beg a repeated performance. Mm. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so together, which is the next track. So, yeah, I, I get what you mean, Gray. When, when you kind of get that very, yeah, lo-fi production. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're back into high end again. We got, yeah. you know, we got strings essentially again, and all this. Yeah, it does. I thought this like, one oh. was this one's quite stereophonics for me. Oh, oh dear! In which case, yeah. no. A thousand no? times no, 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 not. Yeah, I agree in stereophonics. But in which case, oh no. I <laughs> uh, yeah, I recently heard the stereophonics described by the comedian John Robbins on a live stream of a gig as wall to wall dog shit, and I. <laughs> I, I, I disagree. I, I am 100% there with Mr. Robbins. I've never, and nor shall I be a Stereophonics fan. Well, I would say this. Well, you I'm, know what? Next time I'm bringing some fucking Stereophonics. The, the, You're more than welcome to, and I'll shit all over it. The Stereophonics <laughs> was the first gig I ever went to. Really? See, I, I have almost, the, the band, you know, we've all got bands that we've almost seen a dozen times. Elbow. Stereophonics are mine. I've, I've I went to almost see them. Seen them so I saw many times them at what used to be called the NEC, whatever it's called now. I have no idea. I saw them, and I thought at the time it was electrifying. And then I saw other bands live, and I realised they were barely trying, and it was rubbish. I have heard that live they they do rather phone it in. Just um, a touch live. Just a touch. They fucking phone it in on albums as well, and songwriting. I really and anything else. look. What, what's the album? Is it performance and cocktails? Yeah. That's the yeah. I thought that album at the time was incredible, and I have revised that opinion as I've grown further away from it. So, any comparison you make to the Stereophonics is not going to be met with favourable. Sure. Ears. I mean, I I I will freely admit I've not gone back and listen to albums in a long time. There are stereophonic songs that I adore. Um, Dakota, I just think, is brilliant. Um, it has made a Rod Stewart impression go a long way, hasn't it? It has. Um, <laughs> and there are certain... Bartender and the Thief, I really love. A Thousand Trees, no, I really love. Yeah, no, though, in fairness, I think that Bartender and the Thief and Thousand Trees stand up. Yeah. Um, but I will freely admit I've not gone back and listened to an album in... I also like Local Boy in the Photograph. Yes, yeah, that was. Yeah. I was trying to think what the other big one was that I really like. Um, Step on My Old Size Nines I really like as well. Um, I don't like I'm Just Looking anymore. I no, I've never particularly liked that. Wall but, to wall, dog shit. But no, I, I, for me, there was a little bit of phonics in this one. But... If that mars your opinion on it, I apologise. Well, judging by our friend's raised eyebrows, I imagine it has marred his opinion somewhat. I apologise, Michael. <laughs> no life by Simply Red. Your Simply Red thing is... I, 
I've never understood it. I mean, I've got a bunch of Simply Red LPs, Mike. No, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> Are they all standing there in a row? The thing is, though, your taste in music, it's like... Simply Red has always been the one that I don't get it. Yeah, it, your taste often veers so much towards the the abrasive mm. or the, the, you know, the challenging. Mm -hmm. And yet there's just this, this thick... Creamy seam that he'd give it all up for. Red. <laughs> Did you give it all up for him? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Would is that not telling you you're missing something? Then I don't know. I mm. don't. I mean, poss I'm not saying that he's bad. Mm. I think Stars is a belter, as we've said on a previous What's episode it? of this of podcast. It is. But you like all of. I it. like Fairground. Everybody likes Fairground. Beat, not one of my favourites. the fairground on the way. I mean, big and drum, big drums. Yeah. Giving hope to you. I mean, everyone, go on YouTube, watch Simply Red 1996 at the, um, Trafford. Old Trafford, is it? Mr Trafford. So, some kind of sporting event, Rena. At Johnny um, Trafford Centre, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it, it is one of the most spellbinding concerts I have ever bore witness to. The absolute showmanship of Mick Hutton. And you've watched the Glass Spider tour, like... And I have seen a dozen times. Twice. <laughs> Peter Frampton was there. That was Spaz Attack. And the rest of the gang. Yeah. And the whole gang. <laughs> and the whole gang. Spaz and the gang. Love, yes. thought of giving hope to you. Even if I know we can make it. Ah, oh, just joyous. Yeah, yeah. When are you going? I mean, is it soon? I know you've got an. In Unlike me, you've got a huge list of albums. For I do. And where list. is he? Where is he? Is he? Is he close oh. to the top? Oh, I can't say. I won't give that little nugget away yet. Might be a birthday one. I think when you do do it, a uh, uh, birthday one meaning that you'll drink when you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink more. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it because I'm looking forward to seeing that. That impish grin on your little <laughs> face. <laughs> Especially when I pick Love in the Russian Winter. We've spoken about this. Pick <laughs> a hit. Pick the big one. Pick the hit. Yes, so together. Um, crash the car again. The same mistakes again. Don't want to hurt you like I did. Another reference to self-harm. Is it... I'm Seems like sure, it. Possibly. Hurt myself again. I thought you'd notice. Uh, this is the first, a bit like you said, Grey, with um, I think it was Further Away, the mm. kind of goes to the bar song. This is the first song on it. And to be fair, it's track 11 on out, yeah. out of 12. But it's the first time I thought musically and lyrically, there's other songs on this that have done the same thing already. Yeah. Mm. And I just like, yeah, this, the album wouldn't be any weaker for this song not being on here. It's. It's fine, it's okay, but I'm just like, yeah, you've done the same thing somewhere else already. Could take or leave it. Um, yeah, it's a song about dependency in a relationship. Well, you know, um, things like that. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Forgettable. Uh, and then the last track, which I feel is quite a charming one, Yoshimi, Forest and Magdalene. Yeah, what's the title about? It's, it's her children that she dreams of having. Yeah. 
And I think right. that now there's I, again, this is another one that really stands out for me because musically, this is one of my favorites on, on, on the album. I think it's a belter. The cynical old bastard in me hates the concept. Really? I feel, yeah, I find now, quite charming. And again, I think it's where I was when I first listened to it, letting go to future children of right, my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. I just, I went, oh, B, you, you sweet, beautiful, naive young lady. But I, I, I do love, I think there's a beautiful sentiment and I, I really like that it's all about there's this guy, I really love him and I don't want to tell him that these are the names of our children. I think, but I've I made think a song about it. Yeah, I think it... I, I've got a real sort of love-hate. I think it's a great I song. Think it's I mean, because yeah. the absolute bastard in me thinks this entire album could be a bit of a comeback to haunt you as a writer if yep. you're writing about... A relationship you're in as a 20 year old. And that's what I mean, and... as the cynical bastard in me yeah. at that time when I first listened. I wish to you that. well. I wish you well, Beaver yeah. If you ever hear this, and I wish you years of success. But it... just just from experience, I think yeah. that many people have had at that age. Uh, Do you but... mean to say that most people will look at the product or whatever it was they did when they were 20, when they are perhaps in their mid 30s? with a mixture of horror, loathing and dread that anybody might ever see it. Because I, for one, have seen snippets of things that I wrote when I was around that age and gone, oh God, I must never see the light of day. I've got pictures of the three of us that should never see the light of day again. Quite right you have, quite right, yes. (laughs) That that was the beauty, the beauty of going to university in before the internet age really got going. Bearing we were, in mind, we were very dawn of that. We were there early doors. Facebook. We I were mean, there we, when we were Facebook ve- started. We literally Facebook. were. We were a uni when yeah, yeah. Facebook started. Back yeah. when Facebook was, I would say, fairly just innocuous. And YouTube fun, was it rather than rather than corrupting elections. It was <laughs> just fun. Mm. To which I would say, Adam. I've looked at love from both sides now. Where's Emma Thompson? But no, I, th- I think this is a great song. And I think actually where I am now in my life, I really like this song a lot. And I think it has charm. As we say, there is a cynicism in... Would we say it has probably? a charming naivety? Yeah, exactly. And that's where I was going to say. I think the cynic in probably all three of us sees... A charming naivety and that's not to say that this relationship is not going to last forever well, i mean we lived with one another for two years so you might say that the the, the cynicism was really bedded in at that point point. and the way she frames it in the song as well it's not necessarily talking about her current partner it's mm. about a, a, a guy in a song who she sees and instantly falls in love with yeah. and just instantly starts imagining i'm gonna have three children with you and these are their names oh, and that's the narrative of the song oh yeah. yes uh, and I, I find quite charming where she's picked the names from as well. So Yoshimi comes from the Flaming Lips album. Well, that was why I was asking because the yeah. only the only Yushimi other place you know that of. I'm aware of the name of Yoshimi is is the Flaming Lips record. Yeah, Forrest is Forrest... one of their fans, wasn't it? Yeah, Forrest is Forrest Gump. Uh, Magdalene is a Pixies song. Okay. Oh, of course it is. 
some superb role yeah. models there. Yeah, it's it's a nice fun song. I mean, it's 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 kind of like a because you got relatively heavy songs on this album, you know, like Di- you know Diet Red and uh, mm. Charlie Brown and an emo song. I think this is quite a nice almost novelty kind of song to end yeah. the album on. I think it is a really nice ender. And I, I as I've said before, I on think... On a hopeful tone. Yeah. And maybe that's why How Is Your Day is not the bonus track. Because mm. then it would end on a less hopeful tone, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's very... It's like, like I say, like, musically, it's very... It's got a nostalgic vibe to it, but it still remains quite current at the moment because that's the flavor of it all but music uh, lyrically sorry it, it is a very intense album there's a mm. lot of, there's a lot of shit going on in here it's a, mm. and it's a lot to do not just with her life and the uh, the way she perceives her relationships you just talk about relationships in general about how you do become disconnected from your partner how you do you feel about relationships you've had with people over the years where you feel like you've not done enough as a friend or just as a just as a normal human being like you could do better we could all do better as human beings as we demonstrated with many of the things we said on this podcast today we're all terrible bastards of men um yeah and i just think that there's a real i'm i'm loath to say there's an honesty to it yeah you know what i mean yeah no, mm. but there, there is there it's not honesty it's it's uh it's, it's sincerity yes yeah, sincerity yeah. is it it's what i'm looking for it's just i i really do feel it listen to it this yeah, time she means it she does and i i feel that from her it, it does it comes across as authentic and i only really picked up on that this time around listening to it whereas previously i've just enjoyed the fuck out of music yeah. i really when i listened to this last year i just really enjoyed i i enjoyed that throwback sound i enjoyed the lush strings on it because like i said i'm a sucker for some strings aren't you though yeah and yeah i mean i know i know what you said and where you're just kind of like you're, you're lukewarm on it but i think the things you're lukewarm about i i really enjoy mm-hmm. Look, I, I, I cheerfully acknowledge that but i and i, I hey, hey, when we love when it, we sum fine. up i have put this album on several times and every single time I've enjoyed the noise that was happening, but I haven't been, my attention hasn't been diverted by it. I haven't been carried away by it. It has just been, it's been very pleasant noise that um, then ended. And then I went on and did something else. I don't, and I, I wish her all the best, but I don't think the, in fairness, I don't think the album was made for me. And I, it's fine. And I liked it but I don't love it. And I would, if I were to write a review of it, it would basically be 200 words followed with three stars. It's absolutely fine. It's nice enough. And if you like that sort of thing, you'll love it. Um, If you're me, you'll think it's nice. Um, But I don't, I I didn't hate it. But Are are you a human, Adam? Are you human? um, I think... Then it was made for you. You talked a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, when we're teenagers, we kind of decide, we, we, we establish what kind of music we're going to take forward yeah, in our fair. lives. Yeah. And, you know, for me, and you can check that this probably isn't even on your bingo card, but, you know, for me, Michelle Branch was always one of the biggest influences on my 
on my she's bingo not on card. What about Didn't have Didn't Sorry. She's not on my bingo I think possibly because I've never heard of her. What about you? <laughs> He's searching. No. But anyway, so... But... I mean, I've, I've run out of squares, so I've just written Yves Saint Laurent. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> But no, Michelle Branch was a huge influence on on the kind of music that I liked. Ethel Merman. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she was a guitarist, a songwriter, and she had this honesty has, she's, uh, about her. And I, I just, I think Biba Doobie in her sort of nostalgic feel, for me, she brought out a lot of that this is the kind of music I fell in love with. And yeah, that's fair, man. Yeah. And I, I don't want to, I really don't want to take away from it. Um, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed playing the part of a cantankerous buffoon. <laughs> playing the part? Well, okay. I've, I enjoy living that life. <laughs> to go and listen to my, <laughs> more of the world hey, again. I live the buffoon life. But I... It's a nice record. Mm. But I, I, I think I know that, and I know that's damning with faint praise. But I, I think that's probably that's appropriate for my feelings. I think it is. Mm. No, it no, is I nice. I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying to you, Adam. Adam, why, why do you love this? No, I'm, this not, I'm not saying that either no, no. because I came into this episode fully knowing this was not your usual cup me of tea. Me. And yeah. me, me. Me. Um, me. But I wanted to share, as no, we do on this show, I, I wanted say, to share something that I loved. And I really I'm glad you liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. Mm. I genuinely did. Mm. And I, it's not like Lulu, for example, or Gigi <laughs> Allen, where I went, oh, God, I've got to put that fucking <laughs> noise on again. If, if someone was... did actually say they disliked this album, that's when I would have genuinely oh, taken the be... task and be like, oh, how? Really? How, how can you what? dislike this? How can you dislike mm. such pleasant noise? Yeah. I can understand sings beautifully. Not, the guitar is lovely. Yeah, I can understand there's, not fully getting on board and loving it. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Some, but yeah, but to there say is you something for it. everybody in this yeah. album. It's a very, very nice thing. It's just, it's not my bag. It's absolutely I mean, fine. And that's fine. We all have different bags. Realistically, she's going to need at least another 40 years on the clock and ideally a death before I... I Maybe some cigarettes so that voice gets deeper. (sighs) (sighs) Work for Marion Faithful. Absolutely. Marion Faithful record. That off the list. (laughs) Uh, Got her in there. She was Uh, actually... She, Marion Faithful, centre square. Gray, what would be your take-home song? Um, as I said, I think depending entirely on the mood, it's it's either "How Was Your Day" or Charlie Brown. Um, I think they're both very special in very different ways. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. How about you guys? Well, I mean, it's no surprise for me. It's Charlie Brown, but um, Michael. I do find care very infectious. And it, just, it is a bit of an earworm. But at the same time, I, I, I can't get around further away sounding a bit like Toto's Take My Hand, which I, I genuinely really like. But then you've got Emo Song. Oh, there's a whole bunch here. Mm. I oh. think you really need a good re-listen on this one, Ad. 
I look, yeah. I'm not writing it off. I won't be removing it from my um well from my phone's memory anytime. Are you saying soon. we're keeping it at the party? I removed, I'd keep it at a party. I removed Lulu the second we finished the record. Um <laughs> Because I, because I like knowing I have the option to download it again, but uh, I have no intention of listening. I don't want it to come on shuffle. <laughs> Any one of these songs would not offend me if it came on shuffle. So I will support its continuation at the party. Good. Despite my misgivings, it may stay for me. <laughs> uh, any songs you would excise from the the jewel blocks from it. See, for me, it would just basically be for, for reasons given together. Uh, mm. uh, live about it. I don't think it. I don't think the album is any weaker for it not being on there. No, my problem with the album is that I I found it, it it's such a sea of pleasantness that um no that I, it can all stay. I don't care <laughs> if it's there. It's there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Adam on that one. I th I think. They're all nice enough. I think, you know, to counter you, to be honest, Mike, for me, further away is the one that I could take it or leave it. Um, but mm. would I get rid of it? I, I don't think so. I think it's there. It serves a purpose at that point in the album. So, yeah. Good. A good, solid new album. So, How do you feel, Adam, having listened to something new? Well, I'm... I don't know who's next on the wheel, but I'm so hoping that we can just quickly retreat to the dark. Retreat and to the seventies. <laughs> well, should we spin that fucker and see who's going to pick next? Yes, and hopefully, let's set sail to at least 1970. <laughs> Mike. Oh, it's me. Oh, and oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I hate to tell you something. I'm going to keep it relatively modern. Great. It's it was this album was released a year before Bieber Doobie's Fake It Flowers. So 1984. Ye no. Uh, no. I I am bringing next week Bat for Lashes Lost Girls. <gasps> oh. Okay. All right. I, I, I saw her name mentioned in, in a Q magazine several times. Oh, very good. Uh, yes, Lost Girls is a very good album. Very good. She's been mentioned this evening as well. She has. She came up with a bingo card. She did. Bat for Lashes, what was the album, mate? Lost Girls. Lost Girls, okay. This was one of my albums of 2019 to absolutely no one's interest. <laughs> I was vaguely interested. I like this album. <laughs> Uh, so she's got The Haunted Man, Two Sons, The Bride, and... Uh, there's some nice titles, though. I like The Haunted Man a lot as a title. And that's it's a good... What I was very striking the, cover as well. Where this differs from this album that you might enjoy, this is much more synth-heavy. Good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think a lot of these songs have a very nice, chill vibe to them, which I like. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this album. I look forward to arguing with you about why I like them and you don't. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this for it. A mere 10 tracks means I'm already <laughs> feeling very positive. 
Also, not one of the tracks has got a title that I think is lame. So they just sound like good old Favron song names. So. <laughs> well, join us next time when Winston Churchill will be listening to Bat for Lashes Lost Girls. <laughs> we shall we bat them at the lashes. <laughs> We've got Lost Girls, The Haunted Man. In 2019, only 10 songs, <laughs> since heavy. Oh, Christ, what have we done? <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for bringing Bieber Doobies Fake It Flowers to the Party Grave. You're I, more I've, than welcome. Thanks, man. I was, I'm genuinely richer for the experience. I'll, I enjoyed I'll head back to, to my beanbag for the next few weeks. Please do, and... Throw well, us the way, tennis ball you want to know where again. you are when we need you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is to say, when we need uh, probably in the next couple of weeks a staunch defense of Bruce Springsteen, which is coming. It's only a matter of time before we touch on that guy. It's coming. I haven't decided which album yet, but there's there's a short list. Oh, it's all Nebraska. of which you will hate. It's going to be Born to Run or Nebraska, but it, or it's, the uh, River. Actually, it's going to be one of the three. There is, there's no argument about that. Let's just that. do Nebraska. Do you want to do Nebraska? We can I do like Nebraska. Nebraska. I sort of want to do Born to Run. Just do I'd Born to Run. Then. Born to Run or Born in the USA were my top choices. No, born, born to Run's the, the one with his delicious ass on the front, is it not? Oh my! No, yes. Born in the USA has his delicious ass. Born to Run has him and Clarence Clements having a little bit of a buddy buddy moment. Oh yes, because that's the one where. He basically told the rest of the band they weren't required. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a baller so move. So Danny Federici's there somewhere behind Clarence Clements going, I'm on the piano. Have you thought about David Ghost of Tom and Joad? No. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Why do you never want to pick the lesser albums? <laughs> it's my favourite thing. It's the last <laughs> thing you released on vinyl originally, wasn't it? I think. Interesting. Let's discuss it more on the episode around <laughs> the ghost of Tom Joad. <laughs> well, if you would like to suggest anything for us to listen to at the party, you're more than welcome. You can come find us at Party Listen on Twitter. We're on Facebook at The Listening Party Pod. We're on Gmail at The Listening Party Pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram if you type in The Listening Party with Adam and Mike, such and such. Um, if you do wish to suggest an album, could I politely request that it's from one of the chief three decades? Um, the 90s, the noughties, or the tens? The Gabriel, the Haywood, <laughs> the, uh, the yes. <laughs> one of those decades. <laughs> Gabriel is a decade now. <laughs> So I like the fact that Gabriel Haywood and yes. <laughs> Haywood gets his own decade. <laughs> the Moody Blues. Yeah, what's your brief of that? That's right up your alley, you sad old fuck. <laughs> it's right up my alley, but... but... You seem to be focusing on Haywood's solo work, which I think is fair to say. Beautiful gets, man. Gets less attention than these bands work. What band was he in? 
The Moody Blues are, oh. as, as you and I have said, the Moody Blues are ripe for re-evaluation, and it will happen. <laughs> it will. It, it will. will happen. When we eventually do the seventh sojourn on oh. this podcast. The Moody Blues were terrific. Oh, ter- just ter- top draw stuff. Really good stuff. But anyway, get out of your mind, because next week's all about Bat for Lashes. Sorry. Uh. Can you truly say that every time somebody says Tuesday afternoon to you, you don't immediately think of the song? Because I do. This is true. I hope Bat for Lashes has got the same sort of longevity. Well, she's got a song called Hunger, and I feel it every day in my loins. (laughs) So join us next time when Shall This Hunger Be Purged? We shall see. Um, When we... When we discuss Bat for Lashes, Lost Girls. Or, Until if you'd time, rather, join us the time after that when I'll be giving us something refreshingly older. I'm going to guess they're dead, they're white. <laughs> and they're men. <laughs> they're men. It's Adam's choice, everyone. I'm not time. Genuinely, the thing that I've got earmarked for that choice, they are dead. They are white. <laughs> it's the Beatles, isn't it? It's half not the Beatles. <laughs> it's a solo artist, and he's fully dead. Frank Zappa. No, God no. Beefheart. Are you just trying to guess dead men? Because there's more of them than you can I'm possibly guessing dead men that you point. love. I'm guessing dead men. <laughs> the day's the dead man. Uh, well, yeah, uh, join us next week when I'll be guessing more dead men. And we'll be listening to Bat for Lashes. Now I'll be on a beanbag in a corner. This guy over here will be on a beanbag. Back to your beanbag. Right. Ta-ra, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye.